What up, everybody? In the Dome Podcast, podcast, podcast. Podcast. Okay, we took a few days off because it was the long weekend. You had some turkey. You had some turkey dinner. Yeah, you didn't have turkey this year, no. I didn't eat turkey either. I specifically requested my mom prepare me a special steak because I don't really like turkey. You rather have some red meat, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I'm down with that. Because I don't know, turkey's kind of gross. Well, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Hopefully it was better than how the Flames played. Okay, so we're going to recap Nashville and Sharks. I mean, Nashville. Vegas. Sorry, yeah. Vegas and Sharks. It was kind of like the same. <laughs> I, I, I guess on paper they played better in San Jose. <laughs> You're going to be all right there? No, I'm all right. All right. I guess on paper they, they played better in San Jose, but yeah, they still had zero emotion. Dude, they yeah, it was it was literally like a Glenn Goldson special against the Sharks. Like that's all I could think about. It's like we dominated possession. Yeah, but there was like no high danger chances and there was no push. Well, I, I texted you after the second intermission. I said we're not coming back. Yeah, no way. Because you could tell even last year. Yeah, when we came back, we were we in, were but we were we were mostly the better team leading up to the third period. Yeah, for sure. We played like dog like okay. It wasn't guess, dog shit, but energetically they did. Yeah, for sure. And maybe like maybe that's coming off a of back to back in three like maybe yeah you I know, know what it is I mean that's definitely a factor but still like the San Jose game was probably even though they probably played better it was more frustrating to watch hundred percent agree um, okay you want to break down Nashville first it's not Nashville what fuck, the fuck why are you saying Nashville what are you talking about I don't know why um, break yeah down let's Vegas do the first. Vegas game first so fuck dude number one. I'm so. Uh, I guess I'm glad they went back. They got Michael Stone out of the lineup, okay, I, and I'm glad they got Mark Jankowski out of the lineup. I told you they'll probably roll with the exact same lineup that they went with Dallas in Vegas, which they did, and we got majorly exposed. Now that's probably right now. Who them and Toronto? They're the two best teams in the league currently. Who Vegas? Yeah. Well, Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. James Neal and the five and one Edmonton no, Oilers. No. So, I mean, there's a case to be made that we, we played the best team in the league. Yeah. We're still fumbling and bumbling. So, a 6-2 loss. Well, and it probably wasn't. Like, I don't think the final score was reflective of how poorly or the Flames played. Because, again, I thought they were still fine. Yeah. But they couldn't get... The, the, the power play was absolutely atrocious. Again. 0 for 4. Like, sucked. So, in two day, in back-to-back games, he goes 0 for 8 on the power play. And yeah. I feel like, especially in San Jose... The oh. power play lost us the game. And even... Oh, totally. And even still, like, they didn't get enough high-quality chances against Vegas. Yeah. Like, there was there was a few, but, I mean, not really. And so, a big part of that is... So, today we're going to focus on doing an overall grading of all the Lions. Um, but that bottom six oh has done absolutely nothing. That's probably the other reason why you lost against Vegas. Because the bottom six is complete horseshit. Not only are they not contributing any offense, they're detrimental. They're detrimental on like, the defensive end. How? Like I'm pretty. I, everybody's going off of Jankowski. He was so bad against Vegas. That was the. That's the worst I've ever seen. But again, him. what did you say about Lucic? It was like, hey, if he's going to be effective, this is the weekend we should see it. Yeah. He was terrible. He was terrible. I mean, the bottom six were brutal. Bennett, Sam Bennett is becoming. The most frustrating, besides Jankowski, those two together are becoming the most frustrating Flames players to watch. Like, without a shadow of the doubt, this is the worst I've ever seen Bennett and the worst I've ever seen Jankowski. Like, they look so bad. Like, 
dog shit. <laughs> like, so bad. So it's not surprising that Janko's first hit of the year was an open ice hit on Bennett. <laughs> leading to a Ryan Reeves goal. Oh my god, that is the summation probably of the Flames season thus far. Is that they can't get out of the zone. Jankowski and Bennett collide, and then fucking Ryan Reeves buries it and looks like an all-star. So that, to me, is the most concerning part. Not even that the bottom six is sucked, not that the power play sucked, but it's that our defensive game is so goddamn horrendous. And that that play by Jankowski, the hit on Bennett, oh was God. already after he had a few a really bad turnover in the offensive end, Jesus. and then a missed opportunity. Well, did you see the play? You're talking about the play when he had the puck coming around the net, right, Jankowski? Yeah. yeah. I, did a, I had a tweet on Twitter. It's actually got some a lot of likes. Johnny makes something out of nothing. Janko makes, makes nothing out of something. Makes nothing out of something. Like, seriously, he's coming around the net. He's got reader. Like, literally, I've never seen... Just a moment. Holy okay, shit. Okay, Siri, Sorry, take Siri. it easy. Chill out, Siri. I've, I've never seen a player more open in the slot than Tobias Reader. And Mark Jankowski, like, what was he doing? He, like, fell down then even? Like, Dude, Jesus Lord. I honestly have no clue what he's doing because... I don't either. The thing is, if you're struggling, you shouldn't be trying to make pretty plays or anything. You have to simplify the game right down to its most simple denomination, which is just funnel pucks to the net, work hard, and get everything to the net. And so he's got a wide-open opportunity coming out from the behind the net. He's got open space. He doesn't shoot. He doesn't drive to the net. Yeah. He goes. He carries the puck upwards to the slot. By that time, now guys close up in on him, <laughs> and now it's a fucking turnover. Oh, it's brutal, man. And then, like, I mean, okay, even with Bennett, like, Jesus, is he frustrating to watch? But at least, like, I, I can see him. I don't want to be one of these guys, like, oh, just try harder. But with, like, Jankowski, it's like, does he want to play hockey? Like, I'm genuinely, genuinely curious. Well, okay, here's a bit of a, like, here's what I think was going on with Janko. He's been in Bill Peters' doghouse since the playoffs, and rightly so. And then you come in to the next follow-up series and you get demoted. This guy probably doesn't know where he stands. He's probably having a rough time figuring out how he's supposed to adjust to all this. And he's still a young guy. So, the okay, add to that, your, your, uh, your general manager tried to trade you. He pretty much did trade he you traded in you. a trade, but the, it didn't go through because the, the player yeah. wouldn't. Nazem Kadri wouldn't waive his no trade clause. Yeah. So obviously Jankel knew about that. Who knows if you know if he's talking to his agent and his agent tells him, "Okay, they're still like shopping you around." Like who? Like yeah, if you're no, Jankowski, yeah, it's hard to know. And this, I'm gonna get to this. This is my summation of the entire. Was it been six games? The first six games of the season. The reason why we stink is because. There's a lack of identity on the team. There's guys that don't know if they're coming or going. I feel like that starting lineup was way off of what it should have been. Totally. Where's Dubé? Why is Reeder in there? Why is Lucci still on the third line? You tell Why me, is Manji You tell, me, you tell me a guy on a PTO makes it over Dubé, who made the team last year. Right. Just because he scored a fucking goal against the Empton Oilers. One goal in, in a preseason. calendar year. <laughs> preseason. So, I agree. F- for me, the biggest reason, like, how does it, like, okay. We talk about this intangible versus tangible thing. This is one of those things where it's like, I said coming into the weekend, my biggest concern so far is that the team hasn't gelled yet. I think a big big reason of it is the personnel management. Player deployment. The player deployment so far, and this is on the onus of Bill Peters as well as Brad Tree Living, has been terrible. It's been brutal. You have the wrong guys in the wrong spots. 
Like, what is Bill Peters doing shitting on Dubé in preseason right. when he's when actually he's been, been the best player? You have, you're taking Shillington out of the lineup for back-to-back games when he's probably been your best defense. Shillington and Anderson have been your best defensive pairing through six games. So, not only is that the wrong decision to make, but now what the fuck kind of message does that send to the team? The team doesn't know who the team is. You got Stone coming in out of the lineup. You got Reader coming in the lineup. You got Lucic playing on the third line. Still, after six games of like literally nothing, I if from an outsider's perspective watching the game, I feel like this is why we haven't gelled. Because the player personnel, you got these open doors, and the players know who who should be there. Oh, totally. If you're a player, you know who belongs yeah, there and who doesn't. One hundred percent. So when you see your your management, your coach, and your general manager deciding that. Milan Lucic belongs in the third line, and Tobias Reeder is better than fucking Dylan, Dylan Dubé, Dubé, and you got Michael Stone is better than Shillington. Then guys are like, "What? Exactly? And it's hard. It's hard to buy in and grasp." Totally. Now, all right, we'll do some grading. Sure. You want to add to that rant because that was a rant. No, I totally agree. The player deployment has been the most frustrating thing, and like, it's not even deployment. It's just like. I don't understand what Bill Peters and his coaching staff are doing. And again, like I've been, we've both been quite critical of Tree Living bringing in Lucic, obviously. But it's just like again, like okay, Dubay's not in the lineup. Doesn't make sense, but whatever. Why are Reader and Lucic both in the lineup? Why are guys like Lucic and Bennett playing together when they've been absolutely terrible together? Yep. Like, why are these combinate? Why is that third line still together? Why is Derek Ryan playing fucking power play minutes still when the second power play has been absolutely brutal? The second power play is probably the worst second power play in the entire league. Why has the first power play? It's been so ineffective. Why haven't there been adjustments, adjustments made? Why are Travis Hamanick and Noah Hannafin still getting insane amounts of ice time when they've been absolutely the 100% worst defensive pairing on the team by a goddamn mile? Yeah, and Why is Michael Stone getting two games in a row when he's been so bad? And you have some interesting numbers on those two, that pairing. They've been terrible. They've been the worst defensive pairing. On the Flames, period, end of story, by a mile. Like, Noah Hannafin had an excellent game against the Stars, but that's it. He's been, they've been brutal. Every time that they are on the ice, the Flames are getting crushed in their own zone. So it's just like, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm not starting to lose against six games. Like, I think Kent Wilson tweeted out, like, look at where this team was at after 10 games last year. Pretty yeah. similar numbers. Yeah, it's true. So, I mean, it's easy to freak out, but it's just like, I totally agree with you. It's like the reason the first six games have gone so poorly is, I think, because of how the personnel has been managed. Well, and you're always quick to jump out and point out low-resolution thinking. Exactly. How is this for low-resolution thinking? Your bottom six is so bad, you need to demote Mangiapane back down to make it better. Right? Like, that's insane. Are you what kidding me? Why not change the bottom six? Like, okay... <laughs> Why not bring in? Would you tell me you wouldn't have quine, rather have Quine up in the lineup right, right now? Like, why didn't like again? If sure, if you want to make a debate about Dubé, you want him. I don't understand. Why does he have to develop in the AHL? Well, again, that's like to me, that's BS, low resolution bullshit talk. Oh, we don't want him to play fourth line minutes. We'd rather have him play just play all the time in the AHL. Why the fuck does he have to play fourth line minutes in the NHL? There's no reason he has to. Right. They're just like making that assumption like a priori. Like it makes no sense. It's like, oh yeah, if he's in the NHL, he's gonna be on the fourth line. Why? Give him the shot. You're telling me he's not gonna be more effective than Sam Bennett, Derek Ryan, Milan Lucic, Jankowski, Reader. Like he's literally ahead of all of those guys for me in terms of the impact he'd have on the game. 
So, and I mean, here's the thing. We saw this start to develop in preseason. Because Bill Peters has a fucking hard-on for Tobias Reeder. Apparently. As well as Michael Stone. I don't know why. He's got a hard-on for Lucic. And then he's, yeah, he's shitting on guys like fucking Dubé. As well as a little bit on Shillington. Yeah, like, Shillington and Dubé specifically. And then, I mean, I, I, never underst- I never heard the rationale why Shillington was the guy to come out. Did you? I didn't hear any anything on it. No. But the thing is, is like you saw it take start to take form and take shape in preseason, and then you say, okay, well, give him whatever. the benefit of the doubt. Whatever. Give him a shot. Yeah. Let's see what happens. But the thing is, is when you early like you see really early on that it's fucking was a bad decision, yeah. then it kind of pisses you off because you saw it coming. Yeah, like from like a mile away. It's like the same thing again. Six games in, but I mean. And it, uh, this James Neal thing is is making it worse, but it's just like, who didn't see this coming? Everybody saw it coming, and for some reason, Tree Living still is kind of getting a pass for acquiring one of the worst players in the league. So, fuck is it frustrating. Lucci just done nothing. Dude, he's literally done absolutely nothing. I mean, some people will argue that the two fights... Okay. But here's the thing, like, we've scored once in six games... First, we scored first once in six games. We've been trailing for, what was it? The second, we've been trailing for 209 minutes. Going into the San Jose game, San Jose was the first place team for trailing behind a game. Are we now first? I believe we are. So now we are the number, here's something we're first in the, in the league in. Trailing, trailing in a game. Games. When have we had a lead? I'm trying to think. Because we beat Dallas and we beat, who the fuck else did we beat? Vancouver? Well, in Vancouver, in Vancouver, yeah, we shot Vancouver. Out. Okay, so yeah. that's the only game we've. Without, if they, if they would have even scored one goal, yeah. like their that number would be even worse because that's, that's that's the only game we've led in. Yeah, Jesus. Anyway, so yeah, player. Well, no, we led in um, in Vegas for like two minutes. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the Vegas game, like I mean, as a whole, I don't know. I don't know what went wrong there other than that. It was the same stuff we've seen through six games. See, that's why it's kind of concerning. Because if you watched the team last year and you saw the weaknesses of the team last year, you're seeing those same things again. Which, to which to be fair, we didn't really get to see take shape until the playoffs. Right. But I, I think you're the best breakdown of it is that you're, you really had two lines. I mean, going into it, we looked good because you had that fourth line. Well, which, we which was again, really a third line. Yeah, we were like even two weeks ago previewing the season, like we had big boners about the Flames' depth. We were like, "Oh man!" But it's like, fuck. Apparently, it's I, like the guy. Honestly, the guy I've been the most disappointed with is Derek Ryan because I thought he's a legit answer to the third line center, and I, he has not been good. I think I don't know. Obviously, Jane Cobb been most disappointed with. Well, him. I mean, but, probably Bennett. Yeah, dude. Like, I for for me, I kind of like saw that coming with Bennett and Jankowski. It's yeah. like Derek Ryan. I had really high expectations for. Not that he's been terrible, but he sure hasn't been good. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, Bennett. Fuck, he's been bad. So the thing is, okay, sure, it's still early. We're just six games in. Yeah. I mean, everybody's talking about this right now. Brian Burke was on Hockey Night in Canada. Says you don't you don't even look at much until you're ten games in. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the reason that we're going to just raising some alarms is that... But it's because, shit, we've been anticipating seeing us now taking yeah, place it's like, right off the hop. If you could have guessed what the Flames' problems this season would have been, it's like these are exactly what they would have been. That's the thing, is that, like you were just saying, the weaknesses that got exposed in the playoffs, we didn't address in the summertime. We tried. It got shut down. But then we didn't do anything else. Yeah. And then, apparently, 
you try apparently on paper tree living thought that your team gets better by replacing james neal with milan lucic so then you're like okay well we didn't address those and then very first game of the season, we play Colorado. It's the ex- exact same thing. Image. It's like game six. If they, there was a game six, that would have been it. They beat us the exact same way. Yep. So you're like, okay, well, I mean, we we're still early. But then this last road trip, oh, the Dallas game was a comeback. But but still, they didn't play very good. We're seeing the same thing. Noah Hannafin has two goals. The entire bottom six has zero, zero combined. Zero Combined goals. Zero goals. Lucic, zero. That means zero contribution. Like, they've literally been doing nothing. James Neal has one more goal than each one of those guys combined if they all had one goal. It's insane. And again, like, I'm sick. Again, I don't want to be, like, beating this Neal-Lucic thing to death. But I just don't understand why so many fans are giving Lucic a pass on this. Or Lucic, tree living a pass on this. When it's like already being proven, I, I don't think James Neal is going to be a forty goal scorer, but it's just like when you see like what what we all thought, Lucic is so ineffective. It's like who could have saw that coming? Gee, every single person alive except Brad Tree Living. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing with Neal, I think you're seeing the difference is he came into this season motivated. Yeah. Because he wanted to stick it to the fucking Calgary Flames organization. Totally. And I don't blame him. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't motivated at all last year. No. So, how long is he going to be able to keep himself motivated for? Yeah. I don't know. And again, like, Neil is a dickhead. <laughs> like, I'm not saying, like, oh, we should have kept Neil, and the result would have been, like, he's a 30-goal scorer all of a sudden again. No. But, I mean, the chances of that are... Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, we've beaten that we've, we've beaten that It's hard to not go Any, back to, though. Anything else you want to recap on this, what? You, well, San Jose? you want to do the San Jose game a little bit? Yeah, because I thought they were actually okay. Like again, that looked like a Glenn Gallison game where it's like, okay. Yeah. Well, we touched on it. We've they had the puck a lot. We've been dominating possession, but it's like we're not really getting any high danger chances. The power play sucks. Yeah, they had zero motion. Yeah, like no pushback. Zero push. Yeah, like guys weren't even scrapping. That's like you usually have some tussles with San Jose. Yeah, and there's some emotion there. Zero. It was, and again, that might be like tailing off on the end of a back to back, but yeah. I don't know, like some, but positive. that's that's what concerned me the most. Because, yeah, for sure. Because you're faltering out of the gate. Yeah, you needed a bounce back win, but the effort. I don't know. The emotion wasn't there. I don't know. Sure, maybe the effort was there, but there was there was no emotion. Did you no. see any emotion in that game? That's why you had it. Like after the second admission, like there's no way they're coming back. No. And then what they do? They just they just kind of played well, out. That's why they played looked, out the rest of the game. That's why it looked so Glenn Gulletsony because it was like there was no adjustment made by Bill. Like I thought the. I don't know. I thought the backland line was quite good in both of those games. Yeah. Um, I, I still, even though Frolik played good, I still want Mangiapane there again, like you said. Me too. How stupid is that? It's ridiculous. It's dumb. Like, come on. Like, And then, again, put him on the fourth line? Yeah. Come it's on. like, come on. Move Lucic down and put Manj in his spot if you're going to do that. Come and, on. And, I mean, it, this is why you say it's low-resolution thinking. Because yeah. what you want to do, the guys that give you the best chance to win, the guys that are going to drive the most play, yeah. you want to increase exactly. their minutes of play time on the ice. So by demoting them down, Makes you're giving them less play time. Yeah. Like, oh. I don't get it. And it's just like... Like, how is that the solution? It's not. It's a bad solution. The solution. Or, or you dress... Eight or I mean seven D men. Roll, roll with eleven forwards. I don't know. There's gotta be different options. Like so, call it's someone just else. Like up. the bottom six. Call up Klein. Call up Dubay. I would, seriously. Like honestly, for the home stretch, I'd have those two guys in the lineup. 
They need a shakeup. Like, literally, they do. Like, they need some sort of adjustment because, especially with the third and fourth lines being so bad. Like, they're so bad. And, I mean, I don't think you're optimizing the second line by putting Froelich there, even though, again, I thought no. Froelich was fine and pretty good against the Sharks. He was better. He was he was pretty good. Um, but you're not optimizing it. Yeah. So, I don't know. And then the power play, like, make some adjustments. Kicks. The power play. Come I don't know. I don't understand how you have Johnny Goudreau, 100 point guy, Sean Monahan, a consecutive 30 goal scorer, Matthew Kachuk, an 80 point player, set, um, 70 points in Mark Giordano, and then you have Elias Linholm. You have yeah. those five guys on, and you can't score a fucking power play goal. So we should do like a full breakdown someday of like what the power play looks like. The only adjustment I've seen them make this year is they've switched Gaudreau and Lindholm on the sides, except they did go back to it. So they last year they had Gaudreau and Lindholm on their strong sides. You know what I think they need to do is they need to add one more threat because obviously they're being they're being defended too easily. Well, you know what? I think it's the setup. Like I I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like I'm just thinking. I'm gonna maybe, have to go back and watch some games, but like I'm thinking maybe. You, because right now there is zero uh, threat from the point. We don't really, we don't really shoot funnel the puck to the well, too I'm much not, from the point. I'm not really sure what they're what they're trying to do because like when you watch other teams' power plays, it seems to be like when you watch the Avalanche. Well, why don't they just do what the Avalanche does? Right, like you could see there was clearly like three or four set plays, three or four places they wanted to funnel the puck. Yeah, and it worked effectively. With the Flames, it's kind of like I don't know how structured it is. Obviously, there's some structure. But, like, you don't really see anything open up, really. If you didn't have the skill level you have... Yeah, exactly. It would look exactly like PP2. Like, if you were telling me as a person who doesn't really watch hockey, it's like, okay, watch this power play by the Colorado Avalanche, then watch this player by this power play by the Calgary Flames, my gut initial kind of, like, tertiary reaction and analysis would be, okay, the Avalanche have some structure... Yep. And they're relying on structure with skilled players. The set plays, executing yep. skilled plays. And then the Flames, on the other hand, are just kind of winging it. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. I don't know if that's the it's case. Like they, it's like they have like one and a half set yeah. plays that they might do. Like they but they're just like, okay, guys, just go out there and see if you can get a goal. Yeah. And like currently our power play is 21st in the league. That is not good enough. Especially with that, that those five players. And like, like, are you kidding me? Right? Like, those are probably five of the most dangerous players you could even put out in a power play among anybody in the entire league, right? Yeah. So, like, They're, those five players are on the first power play unit on any team. Every league. single team. So, it's just. And then, like, over the last two years, like, even last year, our power play was dog shit. Like, where is it in the league last year? I think it's pretty bad. Let me just pull it up here. I mean, it was quick. better. Like, better than what? Better than when Gullitson was around? Yeah, when we had Troy Brower. Yeah, the Brower, the Brower play. But, I mean, like, it's just like, I think, is it Jeff Ward that runs the power play or is it Ryan Husky? I think it's Jeff Ward. And everyone's like, oh, he's a power play specialist. So, like, even last year, 18th in the league. Like, are you kidding me? With that sort of firepower, how? 18th in the league. Like, fix that shit. Can you imagine if we had 10 more power play goals last year? We would have won the league. Yeah. So, like, fix your power play. And, again, I, I'll i have to go back and watch some tape and shit and see what's not working. But, like, for me, like, I don't see any threats. Because yeah. it seems what the what the teams do is the Flames are so reliant on Goudreau there. If they just, like, literally double-team them along the half wall, they completely neutralize the power play. Yeah. So fix the power play, please. 
It needs to be fixed. And then Power Play 2 is just like a whole other discussion. Dude, Power Play 2... It's the worst thing I've ever seen. Is It's basically like minor hockey. It's like literally... Yeah, that's what it is, man. Like, there was the one power play they had against Vegas. Everyone's like, Cassie was like, oh, power play two was great. It's well, because like, Bill started with them. And literally, they, 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 they had sucked the up, puck, they sucked they up the whole two anything. minutes. Yeah, they sucked up the whole two minutes. They made it, they made it look like they were effective. Yeah, exactly. Like, Bennett, I think it was Bennett had the puck on the left wing boards and literally stood there for like three minutes, skated low, skated high, skated low, skated high. Nobody moved. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. So, like, power play needs to be fixed. Yeah, and then I don't know. I guess we're still talking about like, dude, the defensive play of this team is brutal, especially it, it is as a whole. And uh, I'm getting yeah. into it right now. Noah Hannafin and Travis Hamnick are are unbelievably bad right now. Noah Hannafin had a great game in Dallas. It was probably the best game I've seen him play as a flame. Yep. The pairing has a team worth team worst Corsi four percentage of forty seven point oh six. An expected goals against of 3.91, which is the worst on a team by, like, a magnitude of, like, two. Like, they are getting absolutely crushed every single game. Okay, so what should we look out for? Because what goes into determining this, the Corsi 4 It's just, against? it's shot attempts, so Corsi 4, shot attempts 4, shot okay. attempts against. They're getting insane, like, they're getting dominated every time they're on the ice. The other team has the puck in the flames at every single time. Like, against the Sharks, Hannafin... Team worst, 29.17 Corsi 4 percentage. And who are they usually out with, with as far as a forward group goes? I don't know. I have to look. But, I mean, they're, you'd think they're usually out there with the back line. They're just out there with the back line. Or, dude, like, they're getting absolutely crushed. Like, I don't, gotta, I don't they, know what to do with them. they got to be better. they got to turn it around. Like, watch the games. Like, watch cause the I mean, games. Because I watch it closely. Because I've been the Hannafin, like, I've been not the biggest fan of him since he's been here. Literally watch. Every time those two guys are on the ice, look at where the puck... Like, it's always in the flame zone. Always. All the time. Like, they're always... Every shift I watch, they spend the majority of the time in their defensive zone defending. It's so bad. And I I literally don't know what to do with those two guys other than split up the pairing, which it doesn't seem Bill is willing to do. But, I mean, they've been the wor- they have been the worst defensive pairing. Well, Hamannick was brutal his first season with us. Yeah. And then he... I thought he was great last year. Well, he wasn't particularly good. The only, literally, worse, worse. They've been worse, even though Stone and Brody only played, like, what, a game and a half together? They've been worse than that. Think about that. And again, six games. So what do you think they need to do? They need to have better gap, prevent... Because I think I hear I don't know. I think what I hear you say is they let they allow the opposition to, they back into their own zone. Yep. They don't really protect the blue line very much. They're terrible defenders. And then, and then so right off the hop they're getting hemmed in. I think for me, like I think it's both of these players are not particularly great at defending, and I think they need to be split up. I think it's a bad combination. I would put Hannafin. What I would do is I would try. I honestly would go back to I would try Brody and Hamannick together. Yeah. Because I don't know what else to do. Here's what I would like to do right now. I don't know. Gio and Rass is nice, but I wouldn't mind seeing what Gino and Hannafin do together. Maybe. And then the second pairing, could I would fucking <coughs> if that was my first pairing, I'd go with Shillington and Rass as the second pairing. Third pairing, Hamannick and Brody. Maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind that. As of tonight, tonight's lineup against the Philadelphia Flyers, you got Brody and Gio back. I there. just do not like the idea of Hannafin playing against top competition. Like my God, he's getting crushed against like second, second and third units right now. Let alone the top competition. Like Jesus, I don't even know. I don't know. It's it's interesting why we're having such a slow start. Well, we usually always do. And again, like last but year. But why is that? I don't know. Like why? 
There has to be a, a reason. Be a is, reason. It, is it just if it was just sheer dumb luck, it wouldn't be every single year, right? So I don't know, man. But like I, I know Kent Wilson tweeted about it yesterday. He's like, literally through ten games, they were about the same last year. All the analytics. Okay. So don't freak out too much. But again, like we said, like a lot of the things we were concerned about coming out of the playoffs have been prevalent. Yeah. And so I mean, okay. I think that's why we're kind of like. We're probably freaking out way too much, but well, still. But, I mean, I was listening a bit to the fan this morning on the way to my workout, and which I did, which I saw Mike Commodore. Call me. I asked him to come on the podcast. He said yes, so hopefully he follows through. We'll get him on. We'll get him, get him rip, on. Rip some people. But, um, yeah, like they were saying, it's still early. But the thing is, the reason why it is concerning is because you're seeing things that you've seen before exactly. that were concerning in the past. So they had them in address, and they're still happening now. So that's why it's still concerning. Yeah. All right. We're six games in. We're going to pull the reverse of Brian Burke. I don't see why you can't rate, rate the team before 10 games. This is the exact same team of last year. I don't see why it's inappropriate to not pick up on some things, right? Yeah. If it's like a totally different team and a new coach and all that shit, you give them like some leeway. But again, yeah. same team, same, mostly the same team, mostly the same coach. I don't see why we can't give our initial assessment through six games. So here it comes. First line. I got him at a B plus. Yeah, I'll go I'll go like B. I mean they've been fine offensively. They've done exactly what you need. Like Johnny has hey, like seven points, point if, per game. If, if they haven't been contributing the way they have, yeah. then what's our record? Jesus Lord. Because they're literally they're the only, only, line only guys contributing on a consistent night to night basis. Yep. And I mean I think they've been getting pretty they've been getting destroyed defensively, but I mean they're not. It's not really their their function. I would like to see them clean it up a bit defensively. Yeah, it would be nice if because a lot of teams are doing this now. Um, like I watched a little bit of the Oilers game last night. Barf. And they would match up Kane against McDavid. Yeah. So it'd be nice if you had the confidence in Johnny Monty yeah. Lindholm. If you're like, fuck it, we'll play him against McDavid's line. Fuck it, we'll play him against McKinnon's line. Did you see them get against the Mark Stone line? Fuck me. So, yeah. So, I would say they, again, they've done, what else could you ask these guys to do? I Not think, much. I think Monahan. I think Gaudreau has been absolutely the best player, for sure. Monaghan yeah, was. Lindholm, oh, yeah. Gaudreau, then probably, Lindholm, or. Lindholm and I think Monaghan what you're going to say is, Monaghan out, out of the gate, the yep. first two, three games, was, was one of the best. I think Lindholm has been more consistent. Yeah, for sure. Well, he's, he's the only guy scoring every, every night. Yeah, that's true. But I think Johnny has been... Johnny's done exactly what you need Johnny Gaudreau to do. Yeah. I think you want him to get it done a bit more in the power play, but I don't know how much of that is his fault. Yeah. So, yeah. BB plus. All right. Second line. I got him as a C. Yeah. I'd go like C plus, B minus. Because, I mean, I thought until the last two games, Backlund has not been good. And like, and when we mark this, we're, we're, we're marking the interchangeability of the second line. So, yeah. the overall six games when it... Whether Differs it's mine, between it's for leak. Exactly. Yeah. That second um, line as a whole. I, ha- I I think Kachuk I think they were dog shit in those first two, three games. Oh, so yeah, that's totally. why that's why I mark yeah. it as a whole. They're not a C they're a C for me. They blew for a couple games, but I thought Backlund had really strong games all like from Dallas. I thought he had strong games in Dallas, Vegas, yep. and San Jose. A lot of people said yesterday was he was the best player yeah, of his he, best season. Game he was season. very good. I mean, even for a leak I thought was pretty good on He's the been better. road trip. He's been better. Um, and then Kachuk, I think, is just he's just been a little inconsistent yeah. in terms of like points and shit. But I mean, what he's done defensively, I think he's that line's still been quite good. So yeah, I'll go B. B. I'll go B. 
Can you mark my papers? <laughs> okay. Just wait. So, this is probably going to come to no surprise at all to anybody. Lines three and four yeah. are Fs. Well, line three specifically. Line three, if there was a, a worse mark than an F, yeah. like they, for me, they got a zero out of ten. Okay, like the, the iteration we've seen has been the most consistent. And again, I don't know why Bill hasn't addressed this. I think he is addressing it tonight. We'll get into that later. Yeah. But Lu the combination of Lucic, Bennett, and Ryan has been the worst combination of any on the team. And I'm sorry, but preseason included, plus six games in, Lucic does not belong on any third line nope. in this league. He doesn't. Sorry, guys. So I don't, I don't get how long this is going to go for. I don't understand how... What what the strategy is with this? I don't I don't like care, care. if his role is to bring toughness. Why can't he do it on the fourth line? That's traditionally where that because that's line, all where that's all we heard about the deal the James Knee deal being positive. It's like oh he doesn't fit into the top nine. It's like neither does Lucic. Why is he there? Like he should not be there. So like I don't know if if this doesn't get straightened out soon. Like I'm you can't do it. We'll get to marking Bill Peters, but yeah. he's been dog shit too. <laughs> his deployment has been bad. But I mean, like seriously, guys, like Lucic has zero points. His possession metrics are his Corsi forwards below fifty percent, so he hasn't even been holding his head above water, which is like the bare minimum of what we hope he could do. He has been absolutely one hundred percent ineffective and detrimental on most nights. And then put this into perspective one more time: your third line plus the fourth line has combined. Zero goals. Zero. Lucic has zero points. Zero. Does Ben have any points? I think he has an assist. So you have guys like Noah Hannafin. He's got two goals. You guys have like James Neal. He's got seven goals. Fuck me. So single players have more points, more goals than an entire six. Well, and I mean, even the fact like players okay, together. Zero goals. Okay, Michael Backman. He has no goals. Dude has been playing good and has been putting up a lot of chances. Have you seen that line of Lucic, Bennett, and uh, Derek Ryan even have one chance this no. season? Through I six games? I haven't. The thing with Lucic, like man, he maybe had one shot that was like, okay, that maybe it could have gone in. I'm starting like I don't think he can play in this, this, this. The game's too fast. Literally, that's what I said when the trade happened. It's like I like he can't play in the league now. How is he going to play in the league next year or the next year or the next year? Like I I I don't he he doesn't belong in the top nine he doesn't I he, for any NHL team he's not even dressing for me and I think like I don't want to say that because I like the guy and I really wanted him to be effective and like be on the be a helpful part of this team and he's been terrible and the the most painful thing about it is we're paying him five point three million dollars a year for four more years for four more buyout proof I think in the fourth year we can buy him out. Like, how much of a clown is Tree Living looking like right now? Right now, he looks like a fucking... And you know what? I had this suspicion, and I'm not trying to be a dick or anything, and I don't want to beat this too, too and much. And it's still early. And I get it. Six games in. But I mean, like, Jesus Christ, like, how many excuses does this... Cause have we, we've seen this, like, how many guys come to Calgary and they're like, oh, I can't play here. It's too toxic in the room. We've got to get rid of them. And then it's just like, we take the worst contract in the, in the world. It's like, how is that an excusable action? Like, okay, unless you present to me the absolute proof that James Neal, like, we've seen this with Dougie Hamilton, too. It's like, oh, we had to get rid of him. It's like, why? 
Well, why does this keep happening? And why do we keep getting shit in return for stuff? And here's the other thing. If this was a knee-jerk reaction to us getting punked in the playoffs, you're telling me that you're going to play Lucic on a third-line role against the Colorado Avalanche and that's going to be effective? No. The guy's going to get eaten alive. He's already getting eaten alive. So if he's going to be effective, it literally has to be in a fourth line, very sheltered minutes. Well, again, but then that goes against what the what type of a team Bill Peters wants to roll. He wants to roll four lines. People keep telling me like, okay, you have to. Wait. I just don't see how this is going to work out. Exactly, because that's the retort. People say, okay, you got to wait till the playoffs to see the return on Lucic. It's like, are we going to make the playoffs? Are we going to make the playoffs? I think we'll make the playoffs. But I think I've seen through six games. I've seen this guy who cannot keep up in the NHL. And you're telling me that he's going to be on your third line in the playoffs when things get even faster? Like, no chance in hell. Like, no way. Things get faster, but they also do tighten up. Okay, because everyone's like, oh, he's going to be like Pat Maroon type player. Like, Well, hopefully. I mean, Pat Maroon has been, what, at least scoring goals in the last few years. Like, Although, Lucic scored some goals when they in the playoff run they went on, right? Yeah, that was four, three, four years ago. Yeah, though. he was pretty effective in that. Three, four years ago, though. So, anyways, I don't mean to keep saying that, but it's just it's, like... It's really concerning you, man. It's looking so bad. Like, it's looking... Like, I don't see how the... I don't know. Like It's, it's looking like... It's, it's the new Mike Smith for me. Yeah, and it's like... Where it's, it's like, when I watch, I cringe. I, I can't... I can't even watch. I can't get energy, energetically excited about it. Like, and I, I think, obviously, the Neil thing is, is, is exacerbating it even more, but I don't, I don't know if it would be for me, because it's like, I know... I, we all knew Lucic was going to be terrible. And again, I don't want to pick on the guy yeah, because I really wanted him to succeed, but he's been nothing short of terrible. All right. So like you said, Bill Pierce has addressed it a little bit. He's got Bennett on the fourth line tonight. So what he's got going Because right now, I think the biggest thing is, what's been the biggest dumpster fire on that third line is having Bennett and Lucic together. 100%. They're together. Those two are at, like, a, what's the black, black hole? A black hole. Of possession, those two together. Like, right. terrible. So what he's got tonight is he's got third line of Lucic, Ryan, Manjipani. I much prefer that, to be honest. I still yeah, don't you think know? Lucic belongs there. Like, why not put Bennett there? Yeah. And then the fourth well, line. Well, that's, that's what I think. Because, yeah. like, you're probably better off having Bennett on the third line. But So Bennett, Jankowski, Zarnik is the fourth line tonight. So, okay. I mean, Der- again, I've said Derek Ryan. We'll finish up our, our grading here before we get into tonight's lineup. But I, I don't, mean, actually don't mind that lineup. I'm curious to see how... I think it's better it. than what it's been. Oh, 100%. Um, but Derek Ryan is... And thank God Reader's out there. Look, yeah, Jesus. I got nothing personally against the guy. He's useless. But he is. <laughs> like, okay, well, he, he had, what, he had a breakaway? Yeah. He had a, he had a chance. He's had one chance in those two games. He's, he's literally useless. Yeah. And again, fourth line guy, whatever, but I mean... You can't, you're telling me Dylan Dubé can't do more with his last time? Yeah. Anyways, um, Derek Ryan's been a disappointment for me. I'm a huge Derek Ryan fan. He's not lived up to the standard I hold him to. He's he's proven he so far through six games, he's showing me he can't be a third-line center, and then he's way more better slotted as a fourth-line center, which kind of bums me out. And that then, might change. Yeah, and then the third guy on that line has probably been, outside of Jankowski, the most frustrating Calgary for him to watch is Sam Bennett. Yeah. I can't watch the guy. Well... The thing with him is that he's the dual-edged sword. Like, I watch him against Dallas try to toe-drag at the blue line and, and lead to a goal. I watch him against Vegas. It's like, how many goddamn shots does that guy need to take from the face-off circle on the power play and miss the net? Like, he literally took, like, four in a row, 400 feet wide. 
I mean, and then he's... Oh, boy, he's just hard to watch, man. I don't know what he does well. He'll get better, too. I mean, I these guys, they so. can't get any... These guys can't get any worse. And again, so, like... It's been six games, but still. Like, you tell me Derek Ryan can get much worse than he's been no, playing so far. Derek Ryan you tell me Bennett could get more, get worse. You tell me Lucic could look worse. You tell me Jankowski could get any worse. Seriously. And then the so, bottom, okay, fourth line. At least it looks like those guys are all at rock bottom. Yeah. So, I mean, that's encouraging in a, in a weird, fucked up way. <laughs> so, let's quickly do the fourth line. Well, the fourth line's an F2 for you, right? The fourth line's an F2. This is a, it's I, been Rieger, Janko. I gave him a two out of ten. Yeah. But <laughs> Jankowski's been the anchor. I think, like... If you had some guy that looked like he wanted to be there, yeah. that looked like he wanted had a fire in his ass because he's on the fourth line, then that fourth line could at least bring some energy. It at least could, you know, do some cycle down low work. That's yeah. kind of like what you all you really well, ask okay, for. So like I what you said is probably true with like guys don't know where they slot, so they're like not playing appropriately. But I mean like then my retort is like, okay, look at a guy like Andre Manjapani. He's been on every single line imaginable so far this season. He's looked he's every time he's on the ice, he's a difference maker. Yep. So like, why isn't Mark Janko, Why isn't he taking this chance to be like, okay, there's a third line center role, which was mine last year. That's up for grabs right now. I want that job because Mangiapane is a difference maker. Jankowski yeah. is not. That's how they separate. It's themselves. what happens going on between the years. Yep, and totally. you're you're 100 right. Like you need. It's the NHL, man. Yep. Like no one's gonna give you a fucking break except for maybe Bill Peters giving Lucic and <laughs> Lucic Reader is break, gonna get every single chance. It's not gonna last long. Like. No one's going to give you a break. Yeah, no. You need to make your own opportunities. When you don't have them, you need to create them. Exactly. And when you have them, you can't squander them. It's like, the NHL. Show, like, this is any major sport. Right. What have you done for me lately? It's unbelievable. So, the bot again, I hope we're not... We're being a little negative today just because we're coming off a bad road trip. But, I mean, that bottom six has warranted all the criticism that we're giving them. Yeah. And caveat to our, our disappointment, we, we're admitting it's early. It's totally early. But we're fans, guys. Exactly. We're all the same. Like here's, here's we want to win every single fucking game. Here's the analysis. And if we don't win, we want to at least look like we give a shit, right? And you want to enjoy watching the games. Here's the analysis you hear on the fan, and it's early. Okay, let's. Uh, why do we break this down? Let's go to football. Uh, Jason Lackenfora. It's like okay, yeah, thanks. And then, uh, what's your favorite ice cream? Yeah, so let's do our sports select picks right now. Well, you know what? Let's go to a four-hour break and then come back to our sports select picks from last week. All right, D pairings. Okay. So the first pairing has been a revolving door between Rasmus Anderson and TJ Brody with Geo. Yeah. I think the the first pairing as a whole, I'm going to give him like a B minus. Yeah, you know what? Geo has struggled a few of these games. He was better, again, better against the Sharks, I thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he has he struggled. He hasn't, again, he was good in the, in the season opener. He was pretty good against Vancouver, but he hasn't looked like Mark Giordano of like last year where it's like, holy shit. Yeah. So he struggled a bit. Um, I and mean, then what pairing do you like? I like Rasmus Anderson. I like Rasmus. You know, better. Yeah. I'm gonna like anything that not TJ Brody the better. I know, like he had yeah. good numbers last game, right? I like I like Ras I like Ras and Geo for sure. Okay, better. But yeah. I thought like literally for for all the criticism that Brody gets, he's been fine if he's not with Michael Stone. So yeah. All right, second pairing. Dude, where did you, sir? What was your rank for the third first pairing? Rank like my grading? Yeah, you're grading like a B. Okay, I got a B minus. Yeah, you're a little bit more generous to me today. Sure, which is I'm more generous. It's odd because usually you're you know, <laughs> I'm a hard mark. We'll just wait but I'm pissed get, off. Wait till we get to Ham and a Canavan. I give them literally okay. All right, get, second pairing. They get a D minus only because they would get an F if not for Hannafin's strong game and Hamannik too. Hamannik's strong game against Dallas. All right, because otherwise they have been the worst defensive pairing in on the team. 
Okay. I posted it to our Instagram. I'll give them a C just because I don't look at the analytics like you do, but I think that's where they look the worst. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to pay more attention to it because like I, like I was asking you today, I'm not sure where is their breakdown. What, what's leading up to them? I just don't think they're good defensemen. I don't, and together, like, okay, like, Han, again, don't get me wrong, Hannafin is, he scored two goals, he, he's a pretty good offensive, def- he's an underrated offensive defenseman, but that's what's so funny to me, initially when the Dougie Hamilton deal got done, it was like, everyone's like, oh, we're gonna be so much better defensively, because Dougie sucks defensively, it's like, no, it's actually the exact opposite. Dougie is an insanely good defender. Anyways, not to get on a Dougie Hamilton tangent, as I know him to do, but I mean, like, Noah Hannafin is not a good defensive defenseman. And apparently neither is Travis Hamannick. So put those two together, and it's big-time trouble. So, so like, their expected goal rates are the worst on the team. What makes a good defenseman? I feel like you have to be (laughs) not spending the entire game in your own end getting crushed. Because, like, your first... I, obviously, I don't know. I would, I would start at the offensive end, right? Your your first assignment is to hold the blue line, pinch when when you should, and keep it in the offensive zone as long as you can. Then from there, it's your neutral zone game, right? Which is all about gap control, which sucks for both. Of but them. at the same time, a big onus is on the forwards as well to help out in that yeah. in that fashion. And I think that's been a weakness too. And I mean, one of Hannafin's strength that we've talked about has been zone entries, defending zone entry, he entering the zone, good. Defending his own entry is not so good. Yeah, so then that's the third thing is how well can you hold that blue line? And that all has to do with your gap control. So, I don't know. I got to watch it more. And then I've, obviously when you're in your end, I mean, there's shot blocking. There's separating the guys from the pucks. All that I watch. But it I, just blows my mind that they could be that bad. They're so they're the worst defensive pairing. They're worse. They, their shot metrics are worse than the games that Brody and Stone played together, which is saying something because those two guys blew together. All right. Well, so I know like, like literally outside of a ga- outside of that game in Dallas, they've been probably they've been probably the two two of the most disappointing players for me on the team. Like they've been so bad because I remember when we were doing the deep dives in the summer, it was like, okay, their offensive numbers look good. If they can just clean it up in their defensive end. They could be an effective defensive pairing. Right. And they've been nothing short of terrible in their own zone. Okay, well, they got room for improvement. Big time. So I give, I literally, outside of that Dallas game, they get an F from me. All right, I gave them a C. And I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, literally, like, if they're not as bad, we probably at least have one more winner of this whole thing. So. All right. Third pairing. It's been a revolving door with, well, I mean, Brody's been spending quite a bit of time on the third pairing. Shillington, when Brody's in, or sorry, when Stone's out of the lineup and Shillington's Blue. in, it's usually Shillington and Rass together. I give that pairing an A. I gave him a 7. I gave him a B. So Shillington and Rass for me together. I think, yeah. But I mean, that's better well, than... Well, yeah, that's, I probably could go... That's B. better than anybody else. They've been the best defensive pairing in terms of expected goal metrics. Like, those two guys... <laughs> Like Rasmus and and, and, and I think there's an argument Shillington has been the best D man, so I don't understand. I totally why. agree. I understand I why totally he's agree. coming out of the lineup. It made no sense. They never really explained it. I I don't get it. Like I don't understand, especially to put somebody as detrimental as Michael Stone in. So, oh shit, I don't understand why they took him out. It really bugged me. For a guy that got bought out, which meant you didn't want him on your team anymore. Yeah. To be playing two out of the first six games, that in and of mind, itself is like... Mind-boggling. It's like, what are you guys doing? Coming mind back to this whole management personality. Boggling. Okay. Other third pairing, Stone Brody, I mean, go ahead. 
when you rank those guys. I gave, I, I honestly don't think they were that bad. I gave them like a five out of ten. They were pretty bad. Like they're here's so a, I gave them a D. They played. I'll give them a D plus. They played twenty four minutes I'll together. Give them a D plus. Their Corsi four percentage was thirty seven point five, um, and their expected goals out of a hundred, right? <laughs> <laughs> and their expected goals was 1.16. The only, yeah, that's that's not good. So they were not very good together. All right. But you know what? Probably not as bad as I would have thought. It's true. Like they, I think, yeah, like they, I, I, they 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 got crushed. But I would have thought they would have been like completely eaten alive. So it's something I don't ever want to see again for sure. But it could have been worse. All right. Goaltending. Sure. David Riddick. He's been. He's been a solid B for me, B+. I'll give, I'll give it a B plus as yep. well. Yeah. Because he had a really good game against Vancouver, had a shutout. I mean, and I, I thought he was great. I think, you know what? He, he let in a couple shitty goals against Vegas. He was Vegas, shaky against Vegas. But the game was already it was done. Exactly. And, like, what uh, are you supposed to do when, like, fucking your own player drills your other own player and then Ryan Reeves has a wide-open shot in front? Like, Dude, you know what's going... When there's a, there's a bonehead play like that, you know it's going to end up in the back. Right? Like, it's just Murphy's law. generally line. always like, how it goes. Yeah. So yeah, I th- I think he's been he's been solid outside of a f- maybe a one or two shaky goals in Vegas. So um, yeah, all right. I'm gonna give him, I'm gonna Talbot a C plus. Yeah, like it was hard to judge, right? It's his first game. We haven't seen much of him. Here's the thing, though, is that apparently I don't even know this, but through the offseason, Edmonton Oilers fans says, let me know. One of his faults is he always lets the first shot on that in in goal. So that was that was hard for him. Then, but the thing is, I get it. But if that's your mo, yeah, then you have to stop that. Yeah, stop you it. have to you have to somehow not get the first shot allowed. Yeah, like you got to make a save, but so yeah, he wasn't great, but I did, like he was fine for a backup goalie. Yeah, I'm not too worried about him. I mean, the only he let in like only like what three goals on twenty shots, so yeah, it was decent. Not yeah, I again we need to see more from him, but I'm not super concerned. He looked fine. He settled down after that first goal, so not a huge deal. And I mean the LeBanc goal, like what's he gonna do on that? That was just a terrible defensive breakdown to let them enter the zone like that with so much speed. So okay. I don't blame him too much for that. Coaching, player personnel management. Let's see a big old fat D. I got him a D minus. Yeah. Like I think this is where I point to right now to look at what's going wrong with the team. Dude, I totally agree. I touched on it at the beginning. Don't have to get back into it, but Honestly, this is one of our biggest weaknesses. I mean, we talked about this before. Bill Peters got outcoached against Bednar. Bednar completely outclassed Bill Peters. And it, that's not what led to the collapse, but it was a definite contributing factor. Totally. He didn't make any adjustments throughout the summer. No. Nope. didn't make any adjustments for game one against the Avs. And then he hasn't made good adjustments since. Well, that's the first thing we started talking about. After the game one, it was like, okay, hey, should we be worried about Bill? Like, there doesn't seem to be any adjustments made. I still, I'm a fan of his in-game adjustments. Yeah, me too. But his in-between game adjustments, yeah. I don't understand. Well, and I mean, to again, maybe we're just maybe we're just so used to Glenn Gulson being so bad. But it's like, I he did sit Jankowski. He's tinkered with the bottom six a little bit. Yeah, that's true. So, like, he has been doing some things. But it's just, like, the big things, I don't think, like... There's no reason why Lucic should be on the third line. There's no reason why Stone should be in the lineup. Yeah. There's no reason why the power play, even though he's not totally in charge of the power play, like you're telling me that's the best thing you can come up with for power play too? Come on. That's terrible. That's brutal. And I mean, the way he's, he's managed Mangiapane is bugging me because it's like, leave him on the second line, Bill. Like, you could literally pull names out of a fucking hat right? and have a better PP2 than we currently have. Totally. Like, 
Again, I think Fernando Leak's been fine, but Manjipani gives you so much more there. Yeah. He just keeps going back to what he knows, which kind of alarms me a little bit. Yeah, he so, hasn't. Been, yeah. And again, I don't he, understand this scratching of Shillington at all. And I like, when are we gonna see Dubé? Like, yeah, like I know you. I said this all last year. Dubé, Dubé, Dubé. Where's Dubé? Where's Dubé? Where's Dubé? Dubé. And maybe I just think he's better than a, than obviously the coaching staff does. Yeah, no, it's true. But like. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. You don't bring him up because you don't want him to get socked away in the fourth line. Yeah. But give him a shot. Maybe he's going to pull Manji Apani and he'll end up on the third line in like two games. Yeah, for sure. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. You tell me he's not going to be more effective than Milan Lucic? Again, like literally, you're telling me you don't inject a guy like Dylan. He, Even Quine. Even ima- Quine. Imagine your third line is Dubé, Bennett, Zarnik. You're telling me that's not going to be better than what it is right now? You're telling me Alan Quine isn't going to give you more than Tobias Reeder and Mark Jankowski? Why don't they just look at how the Maple Leafs and the Colorado Avalanche have their exactly. one to four line structured and try and do something similar? Seriously. It's not rocket science. It, it, it isn't. And I, like you said, I think you made a good point. It's like, just again, I don't mean to keep on going back to the Lucic thing, but it's like, how much of a how much of a hurdle and a struggle now is it to try and fit Lucic into your lineup yeah. for the coach? Like, it's a big problem. Well, here's the thing. It's funny because Eric Francis, whatever, he was defending Lucic. He's like, listen, <laughs> Neil here was a round, a square peg in a round hole. And I'm like, well, where's the fucking round hole that Milan <laughs> right? the square peg fits into? I don't understand that. Like, where does he fit? Hey, we've got a hole that uh, is, it's, we need to fill 5.25 million with a guy who can't score or skate. Anyways, yeah. Okay. Like, just the management of the lines has been frustrating for sure. So tonight we got Philadelphia Flyers are in town. They've actually had a pretty decent start, haven't they? I mean, Carter Hart has been pretty great. Well, they only played like what two games? I feel like they haven't played very much. Let's pull it up. So they're two zero and one. No regulation losses yet. They've only played three games, so they should be pretty fresh. Oh yeah, these guys picked up Hayes. Yeah, what do you mean? He makes like seven million. <laughs> Yeah, in the in the off season, right? I, I don't mind it if they're putting him as, as their top line centerman. That's fine. The, okay, the guy you gotta look out for is Couturier. Couturier is an absolute beast. I think like Couturier to me is more deadly than Drew right now. I, they got they got Couturier with Konechny. I really don't mind their their forward group to be honest. Like it's pretty decent. James Van James Van yeah. Riemsdyke. Like he's, he's fucking goal scorer. Like they got Drew Hayes, Forcheck, Konechny, Couturier, Lindblom, Van Riemsdyke. I don't mind their forward group. It's it's on D where they kind of blow. Yeah, they have Chris Stewart. That's not the Chris That's Stewart. The Chris he Stewart. made the team. <laughs> Chris Stewart's back in the dome, everybody. Yeah, I don't know. Their bottom six are they doesn't give much. Are they getting a tribute video for Chris Stewart? Yeah, here's uh, the 30 seconds you played here, bud. Yeah. So, yeah, their bottom six doesn't do much. And their, their defense, I don't know. Gostas Pierre has been terrible. Provorov has, he's good, but he hasn't done much for me. Over so, watch out for the goaltending. Yeah. I mean,. So Carter, I Hart, said this Carter to you. Hart's been excellent. I said this to you before the San Jose game. Watch, we won't be able to score on Jones. Yeah. It's like literally like, hey, who's who's a team in needing a breakout performance? Come play the Calgary Flames. It's funny because prior to the road trip, we're like, okay, these guys need a road trip. Now it's like, okay, they need to be back home. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Last, I think the last game we played against them was the big comeback win. Yeah, the 6-5 big hole two overtime ga- thing. Two games... In the last minute and 30 seconds of the yeah, tie two up, goals, yeah. was a rasp with a tying goal. Yeah, and then that was they, sweet. And they completed the comeback. That was yeah, awesome. That was, that was one of the best games of last year. We kind of need a little bit of that. We did, had a good we rally. Need some magic. We had a good rally in Dallas. We so need that some was good. magic. So I don't know. You got to. I, I think the third line is going to be better tonight. But tonight, as, as tonight long as is a Lucic must is win, on there, man. I don't know for sure. But 
tonight's a must win. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, just to, just to reiterate, the lines tonight, the top two lines look the same. But the third line, they have uh, they have Bennett swapped out for Mon. So, the third line is Lucic, Derek Ryan, and Andrew Mangiapane. Which, you know what, like, that's, I guess that's better. Because, again, Bennett and Lucic have been terrible together. And then the fourth line, they're rolling Bennett, Jankowski's back in the lineup, and Austin Zarnik. So, uh, Reader comes out. And then the deep pairings, they're actually starting with Gio Brody. Hammett, Hannafin, Hamannick, Shillington, Anderson, and David Riddick gets the start. So, all right. Yeah. Philly, you know, I mean, they're not, they're not really stuck with superstars anymore, but they'll give you a run for your money. Yeah. Like, I mean, they've been good so far, 2 and one So, I, tonight's a must win, isn't it? you got to win tonight. If you don't win, you at least need to have an you emotional game. You need to show game. some signs of a team that's you got to show some signs of life. Playing in the NHL. Because, like, I mean, what do you got coming up here? I mean, you've got a good little two-game home set here against two teams that you should absolutely beat, Philly and Detroit. Then you go back-to-back in California, L.A. Anaheim. You should probably win definitely the first game in L.A. you okay. got to win against L.A. You what? know we always struggle in Anaheim, so, I mean, like, that's going to be a struggle. And then you come back and you play the Capitals and the, and the Panthers, two teams that should be pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. I think if these guys right now, it's one game at a time right now. I sure hope so. So hopefully that's what they're thinking. Hopefully they're thinking like, shit, we got to win. Not even win tonight. They just need to play a solid 60-minute game. That's what we said before on the weekend. It was like, okay, they need to at least play a 60. We still haven't seen it. Have we seen one game where they played solid through the whole game? No. Like maybe the Vancouver game, but I thought they got dominated in the first period. So like... Come on, guys. Let's put together a solid 60 here at least once. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt. We'll give you the 10 games to give you a... I mean, this was a pretty good hardcore grading today, but <laughs> we'll, we'll do a real, I don't know, more on... I don't know. Well, I mean, again, like... We, I don't, Let's see after I don't 10 think games. I, think, I don't think we're being too hard. Like, we're not really being harsh. We're just analyzing what we've seen thus far. Yeah. Thus far, it's been not good. Thus far, it's been concerning. Thus far, we've seen a lot of the things we saw in the playoffs and towards the tail end of last year that kind of like led to our eventual dem- demise, our eventual elimination in five games. Yep. So I think that's why it's not. We're not being harsh. We're just what we've seen so far has not been impressive at all. The good news is you got seventy six games left. The good news is you've got seventy six games a long, left. You got, a, you got a long season still ahead of you. You um, got to get it together. Let's hope this is bit. some of the worst hockey we'll see all year. 